Hello and welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, with me as always. Joe Hilliard. And Dave Gurney. We are here to talk beer and movies and we're going to get that first part right into our, well, I don't even know if I'm going to pour this one, honestly, but... uh, we're opening tonight uh, bottles of Cronenborg 1664. You've probably seen this uh, label somewhere, especially if you've traveled to Europe at all. Um, I certainly saw it all over the place where I went in France and the UK. That was my first experience with this beer yeah. was as an 18-year-old in London. Mm-hmm. And I did not have a ton of beer drinking experience at the time. In my uh, high school days, I was more of a let's get the job done as efficiently as we can type of guy. Yeah. Gravitated towards uh, towards liquor when I was in those situations. Mm-hmm. And so one day I had this and I was like, you know what? This is a palatable experience for me. Yeah. I didn't find it to be too strong. So we know at least too bitter. young Carlos. <laughs> and so the entirety <laughs> of the like, you know or a a large majority of the three weeks that I was there until we got to Germany, I guess. Uh, It was 1664 whenever, give me the numbers. Whenever. Did you order it that way? No. Oh, I was so hoping because that does tie right into the film. Yeah, I wish that I had, but I didn't ever hear anybody say that. I had heard of it being referred to that way. I too never witnessed anybody ever refer to it that way. But I love the idea of ordering a pint of numbers. I had it a week ago for the very first time uh, and went to sleep and had these crazy dreams that I was in Germany as an 18-year-old Carlos Cooper. And he was was dancing and he was a prostitute. There was some dancing at the Hofbrauhaus, but um, one of the... the the reason that I changed from the numbers mm. was because I discovered that in Germany they have this thing called a Rattler, um, which they sure, refer a to fruit as juice mixed well, with so the the way that we always saw it was it was labeled half beer half lemonade right I or L I M O N or whatever limonade which turns out is Sprite. Okay. okay. <laughs> and so that's what it was. It was half beer, half Sprite. Now that was very palatable. Yeah. Because uh, it was sweet and like yeah. tasted great. So I was just, I pounded those for the last No, like, Rattlers four days. are tasty. I don't know that I've, I, I've certainly had lemon and uh, orange and. Yeah, know, it wasn't other. fruit juice. It was, it was yeah. Sprite, but it was, it was pretty lit. David, you picked this up today. It was your suggestion. Is- well, like, cause seeing the film that we're going to talk about in the first half of the episode, uh, on Saturday, Wait, it you guys was... watch this movie? <laughs> you guys watch the movies for this podcast? <laughs> In the theater, my friend. I just go to Rotten Tomatoes. See, yeah, right. What do the critics think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sitting in the theater, um, actually had ordered a beer myself, so was drinking a beer in the theater for the first time in a while because I've kind of avoided that. They were down to that weird slim list of options. Very slim. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, what I tried to get... Was, was not available. Art? No, I wanted to get the Lazy Beach Coastal Haze. Uh, I almost that was almost my second pick because I tried to get the Brooklyn Pulp Art. Okay, or I think it was called Pulp Art, which was a, a hazy. I've never had a hazy from them before. I don't think. Yeah, they were out of that, so I went Liquid Haze. Okay, but I yes. almost went Coastal Haze. That's what Aaron did. Aaron went Liquid Haze. Yeah, which was a good call. I got Brooklyn Brooklyn Lager. Okay. I thought I used to love that, and I don't know if it was just a 
a tap line that hadn't been cleaned well or whatever. It had a diacetyl flavor to me. It was not. A, so we're getting in the weeds here, folks. The no, beer we're talking about beer. That's part of the podcast. That's here. true, <laughs> but it, but it's a specific beer that we're not sharing right now. That's true. But my experience there was so disappointing, and it was exacerbated by the fact that I was watching characters on screen enjoying like nice, freshly poured pints of the numbers and yeah. and thinking it would taste delicious so here drinking some numbers with i'm you almost folks. done with mine <laughs> i know this throws back so easy okay we're, we're getting into the well top. we saw an edgar wright film earlier this year with uh the sparks brothers documentary which One all we three universally of us really universal. really enjoyed and yeah. of course you know edgar wright you know kind of blew onto the scene if you don't consider the uh, british television with um sean of the dead which i still think is just fucking great you know yeah it was scott pilgrim for me Sure. Um, Still have never seen Shaun of the Dead, actually. So when when I saw the trailer, I think I shared it with our little group chat first. I got super excited because the trailer was just incredible, colorful. Looks Uh, amazing. You're going back to the the 60s, and somehow there's a horror element. uh, Well. The trailer's not showing us much, (laughs) but, you know, something's going to be there, you know. And so, yeah, that's the film that we, for our first week out of All Horror October, it's a we thought it could be horror-y still. So the foot in okay. horror. And the maybe. second half is, you know, a horror film, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I described this week, this week's episode last week as all horror October bonus round. Even though, before I said that, David and I had had a conversation off mic where David called into question the horror, like, legitimacy of this movie. So just before anything else, we don't have yeah. to get into specifics. I just want to, it's just a straight one word answer. Yes or no. After having seen it, do you think Last Night in Soho is a horror film? I would not want to classify it singularly under yes or the no, genre David. of horror. Yes I would or say no. um, it is a hybrid genre film with elements of horror in it. Okay. Yeah, with I'm saying yes. I, I think yeah, I would so I think, think straight all, up it is a horror film. I think it is a I think I it can be other things at the same time. It. No, I, I mean I'm not saying that we have to say it's only this, but sure, I just think yeah. that it does classify as that while it may also fall under other You know, I, I, I want to come back around to that. I mean, so, I had that on my mind So I was I was just curious before we really got started but that was yeah direct. i was surprised when david had said that to me and even telling some other people like oh yeah i was talking to david and he didn't really read it as a horror and after seeing the trailer and he was like which trailer did he watch and i was like well i've seen both trailers and i felt anyway so I, what's, I hear you. what's this movie about joe but yeah it's uh edgar wright's new film last night in soho he co-wrote it with uh christy wilson karen's he came up with the story and uh, it really it, the trailer puts Anya Taylor-Joy front and center. But really, the lead of the film, we saw her in Old earlier this year and in... Um, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Jojo mm-hmm. Rabbit, which uh, I think we all pretty much liked. Did we do that on the show? Yeah, we did. We did Jojo, yeah. Um, I liked that movie. Leave No Trace was another great one that she was in. See, Thomasin McKenzie Thomas is, yeah. is her yeah. name. She's And she's the lead here where she plays a, a modern day kind of mousy country girl who has big dreams of fashion and really loves the 60s. Loves the fashion, loves the music, loves the look, loves the vibe. And she travels to... It's good vibe. Yeah, she travels to London uh, to go to a fashion institute where she's immediately met with a bunch of mean girls and decides that rather than live in the dorm, she's going to take up her own... uh, She's going to get an apartment. The apartment that she rents, she learns after she has these like series of 
dreams that place her back in time to this era that she's in love with yeah um is uh was previously inhabited she believes by anya taylor joy's sandy and in the trailer you see that when ellie her uh, thomason's character looks in the mirror she sees herself back as this sandy and that's exactly what's going and it on kind of flips back and forth a little yeah time. yeah she's learning about this figure from back in the 60s who is elegant and beautiful and can sing and can dance and you know all of those things that she would certainly appreciate about that time period Mm -hmm. but then she begins to learn this like nefarious past of men taking advantage of her in order for her to propel her career as a singer and then some disastrous things that occur as she begins murdering we see in these dreams or hallucinations or however you want to put it um, John's. She has become a prostitute. Well, that's we, the, that's we, the big that's twist. That's a twist. That that comes way late. That oh, comes you, way you late. Just, no, a guy named John. What did you think I was saying? <laughs> no, uh, it turns out that she had... Be- well, do we not want to go... No, no, I mean, we can go there already. But, yeah. you, you, but you, you spend a lot of there. the film with her... And thinking that Matt Smith, the the pimp character, is sort of this one who did her in. Yeah, Which, Sandy. you know, he's a terrible figure, but... Ultimately, the twist that comes much later in the film kind of reveals that, no, it was, you know, she who killed him and then subsequently several of the Johns that she was seeing. But as the film goes along, these dreams become more and more vivid, more and and more intense, more and more... Uh, Carlos, horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Horrific. They they start to bleed into her real life, too. mm -hmm. The character uh, of Ellie has a history of some mental health issues herself in her family. And so there's this concern that, you know, she could potentially given a high stress enough environment like London start to kind of fall back into some of this, uh, you know, harmful behavior maybe, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But we kind of, I don't think they ever just like matter of factly say it in like a super expository way, although it is, exposited yeah. fairly uh concisely that ellie used to have these like visions of her mother hanging around yeah well we um, see one we yeah, see well, that yeah. she has one i mean visually she's still having them she's not as honest about it anymore because they're not as harmful as they maybe once were for, um, yeah right she's you, learned to live with it to mm-hmm. a certain extent that could be th- that okay that's the root of my problems with this film okay i knew it I, didn't i tell you Joe? Well, hold on. i like before we get to the problems can i just say one more thing sure in, go in ahead. the setup the film is beautiful the film, sure. the, the film and the visual imagery and not just how the 60s are portrayed, which is gorgeous, but even in the horrific I- uh, images, there is a magic on screen in color, in well, very mise-en-scene, mm-hmm. um, and then one scene in particular that I'd like to get into. But David, you have a problem with this movie? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I, you would. So, I mean, I have a lot of problems with this movie because problem number one is... I love Edgar Wright. I I think that he is a very thoughtful and fun filmmaker, and he's delivered many very exciting films in 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 my time. A as wide a different variety of types of films, yeah, too, but, which but I mostly admire. kind of light and lively the in, in their ways. Mm-hmm. That, that that not usually here he's going for something weightier. Um, and I don't think he sticks the landing, and I think it's for several reasons. I think that it goes to this character. This, uh, you know, Ellie, Ellie being played by Thomas and Mackenzie. I don't know what this performance is. Can you explain th- this performance? I've seen her in other roles. Jojo Rabbit, Leave No Tra- She's fantastic. She comes across as authentic. What? 
fucking pitch level did he direct her to to get her to deliver this weird performance where she's like I mean, Joe used the term mousy. I would say like mousy in the sense of like Mickey Mousy. Her <laughs> voice is up like an octave throughout the film where she's talking. And it's got this agitated sort of like intensity to it that never stops the entire film. She starts here and she goes through the entire film at that level. I don't understand that character. She's into fashion and she's the least fashionable person I've ever seen in my life. She doesn't even emulate 60s fashion. She's dressing frumpily in clothes that she made. She seems to have no friends. She seems to have no life outside of this one moment that happens in London magically right then. I have the backstory of, are we going to make her into a mental health patient or a problem? No, we'll just kind of drop a hint and we'll make you think that that's a thing. But we will tell you that she has visions. We'll never really tie that up necessarily, but we'll show it to you. I don't get it. I don't get it. I uh, agree to a large extent, especially because the magnetic performance of Anya Taylor-Joy, which I guess one could say is like an alter ego in in this kind of, like in the way that the hallucinations, the dreams are portrayed, that they're yeah. in the mirror together. She's Initially, so, she's she's clearly in love with this figure yeah. and, and wanting to be her. Sure. And, and yeah, before same. I go say anything else yeah. about the about Ellie, I will say that I thought Anya Taylor Joy does stick the landing in this film. I thought she was oh, her just performance is great. You're right, incredible. Yeah, but I agree with you. I felt that for the lead of the film, she doesn't have a lot of any kind of lead charisma, right. and I understand that the character is not supposed to be mega charismatic, but. Right place, right time, or wrong place, right time. There seems to be no connection between the two characters outside that she accidentally, or is she it's led to, but none room, of that's yeah. answered to that apartment yeah. where all of the magic begins. I mean, I get that there's things I like about the concept here. I mean, the idea of this place that's had this horrific series of murders done in it, even if they were very justified, being haunted by this kind of you know, terrible thing. I I can buy into that. I, a haunted house story, I can get a, a girl uh, or any young person out of their, so, you know, out of their element and like coming to a new place. I can get that. I see you do them together. But it feels like he tries to cram in way too much. Like there's this, it almost feels like Mean Girls at the beginning where she shows up and the, and the dorm mates or whatever, like all kind of sneering at her and snickering and being all like, but for what purpose? Why Why do we need... I mean, I guess that pushes her out to the apartment, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's what gets her to the apartment. But I mean, it's also like not an unbelievable plot point. I mean, sure, no. there, especially but it, when but you're... But it, like it feels like comedy coming of age right then. Uh, I mean, I didn't quite read it that way. I found a character, a character like... Something with a J. I don't remember her name. Jocasta. Uh, Jocasta. Jocasta. Yeah. I, I found her to be a very believable, like, Jocasta. person who's entering a very competitive field that is completely based on image and stature. Right. Uh, to want to diminish those around well, her to elevate herself. Fair. Which fair, is what but she's I doing. I just felt like but... she wasn't a character that belonged in that film because she had no bearings in that world. I don't understand. I mean, eventually... You're talking about Ellie? Yeah. Well, and I think I think that maybe that, that there's a little bit of 
that that is intentional because I mean, there is the, in the very beginning, the grandmother kind of lays the foundation for like, do you really want to do this? Or do you want to do this? Because going to tear your mom because your mom. And so there, so there is a certain part of Ellie's character who is longing to connect with her late mother. And I think, I actually think all of the things that you're describing about her character make like total sense for like what is going on in the film. Like, I, I, this is, she's a, unsure of herself. Like she is a country girl going into the big city for the first right, time. Right. She's completely out of her element. She maybe doesn't really even belong there because she does. She really want to do this. I mean, you know, she has some interest tangent or because of this relationship with her mother, but had her mother not died, would she still want to do the same thing? Like, is yeah. that an intrinsic part of who Ellie is? I mean, I don't know. And I think that the kind of uncertainty of her character within herself even is kind of kind of makes a lot of the moves and decision decisions she makes throughout the film somewhat be- more believable maybe than if she I was mean, like a bad bitch designer that walked in and was just like i know my shit i know exactly what i'm here to do right like that kind of thing now no, as far as like her performance goes either, yeah. like i i don't really remember what her voice sounds like okay so i certainly didn't have any issues with the like with that part of it i didn't I don't know it, it, it didn't really threw it didn't me off. register to me at all yeah um and yeah i mean well i, I mean I, let's not get too hung up on it on that little piece of it as no, a lead this is i a did film not that on I, that was the weakest part for me in the cast on uh, paper the rest of the cast works on paper this is a film to me that makes a lot of sense. Like I think about it, but then I think about the actual experience of watching it, mm-hmm. and I think about how much it lacked joy. It, as, a, as a, and and in ways that were, should it have joy? Yeah, no, but that's the point. No, you're absolutely right. There's something appropriate about that, and yet I think what's so frustrating about it is that it wants to kind of do both things. It wants to give you these like exciting, vibrant scenes early on and this kind of like fantasy. And then it wants to like sort of turn around and undo that fantasy, which is, that is which the is actual great whole work. point of the film. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's great work to do. Let's talk about how we're nostalgic for these eras. and That we're not that great. That we're not that great, right? That had plenty of, I mean, talk about 50s, 60s, any decade you can point to, we can remember some beautiful, whether it be music or performance or, you know, whatever it was, fashion. But then we're ignoring all the like terrible stuff that went on. And so here, I mean, it's a noble cause. Again, on paper, I'm in support of this project. I like it. But it did not work in the execution. And that's what makes it all the more frustrating is it's a great director working with great material, mm-hmm. great concepts, and somehow he does not stick the landing. So welcome to every Ari Aster movie I've ever seen. <laughs> now you know exactly how well, I but feel. But I'm going to come away. Okay, but this is now I'm going to give you a lesson in how you should treat Ari Aster. I look at this as a momentary misstep. All the it's, ingredients. It's an evolutionary well, but, point, but, but, it's, but it's but that's also because it's from a director who has done things who has stuck the landing. Okay, so that, that's, for me, Oscar never true. has. So that's that's. <laughs> but a, you know, he's capable. You know, he has the filmmaking skills. Well, he makes great visuals. He puts things together in interesting ways. He can at least start a story he well. He can start it great. Yeah, you know. So I mean, there are things you can respect about I, it. I want to go back to Carlos's question. It is a horror movie. Yeah, 100%. it's also a Jalo movie. Well, it's it's also a thriller. It's also a Hitchcockian thriller. It's also a Brian De Palma and a Hitchcock and a 
um, Argento homage. Yeah. It's also a, it's also a, it's also a, and that's my largest problem with the film. I love so many parts of this movie. Yeah. The sum total of it doesn't stick the landing. I mean, I, there's a sequence where um, they're going upstairs, but the stairs are on this like ethereal, like um, floating dreamlike, and the mm-hmm. stairs are moving and pulsating as they walk up them. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no more striking visual image than I've seen in 2021. Mm. However, okay, so I, I, I kind of peeled the lid off the can. Let me take it all the way off. It turns out that Anya Taylor Joy was being pimped out. Uh, to many, many, many men, and then she begins killing the men, and then those men return, and that's the horror part of the trailer that we saw way back when, uh, in these like faceless, um, smoky, black-faced images. Yeah. And the, to me, that was not a compelling fear or fright or monster, yeah. and they kept coming back again and again and again and again. And I, but then there's a stabbing sequence where people are getting stabbed and it's full blown <laughs> close up body yeah. horror knife in that I really, really liked. And then there's this that I just didn't quite like, but then there's this that I really, really liked and I could go on and on. So I want to see this movie again. I almost want to reserve my full judgment of it. I believe that if I see this movie a couple more times, it will grow on me. I am going to give this a solid and we don't grade the films, but I'm going to give it a solid B B minus because there's so much good in the kitchen sink. The kitchen sink's just so big and so filled with so many different things. Yeah, I think I think David, you might have had there's some expectation stuff that's at play with your maybe reading I, of this movie. Um, and and I I will I will say like as I was watching it, you know, and uh, I was making note of how clearly um, it was paying homage. To the Jalo horror genre, it, it just made the best th- of that that I've seen. The best, like, yeah. homage to that is a French film called The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears. Have you mm. ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. I haven't. It's a very, very good, like, we loved these Italian horror movies. Let us show you all the things we loved about them. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like a great movie. That's you know it's like yeah. it's got an okay plot and all that kind of you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just like fucking visuals you know yeah. and it's so good um, and so now so watching this movie made me really want to go back and watch that one well, um, without, without rebutting what well, I don't know if I know your opinion of the film yet this movie's good yeah this movie's really good yeah. I didn't have any of the hangups that you guys had about it I mean there were definitely some moments where I feel like it was about to like teeter over the edge and to like. something that I didn't care for. Like there's a part where like the ghost men become kind of one of them at least develops somewhat of a face and is like, save us or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was, and (laughs) I was pretty prominent. And I was like, wait, are we going to like turn this into like, kill her you save us. And then they didn't. She was like, nah, I fuck with her. Like she did the right thing, (laughs) you know, like, uh, I'm fine with it. Um, the only thing that was, I don't know, maybe somewhat kind of teetering into like a weird area, even though I did love the character of, was his name Josh, the boy at school who, who, who yeah. shows interest took in to her. her. Yeah. Um, I think he gets stabbed. 
He does. Um, <laughs> but I, he lives. I yeah. really liked him throughout the whole movie. And Kylie and I definitely at one point he was, thought... But he felt like he belonged in a slightly different movie. Uh, yeah, See, I don't ahead. get that. He was a plot progression character. Uh, I guess. He was, he was so... And but, then he but, gets stuck in that terrible scene where, uh, you know, he's being implicated as a, you know, uh, sexual assailant, you know, when the landlady comes to yeah. sort of save her. But that's this movie was just hold doing on, too hold, many on, hold, gears. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Switching too many gears. Let's go. Let's go back. This to, was no, Carlos's time, David. Let's I go know. back to that for a second because I mean, especially knowing what you know by the end of the movie, the scene where she br- busts in on them in the bedroom after having that strict rule about mm. no men after eight p.m. Like that is like a PTSD reaction for her. Like she is like reacting to this in this like post-traumatic way where it's like, here's this young girl who at this point looks exactly like I did when I was her age, who Mm. is potentially having a bad experience right now. Like I need to protect her. Like, you know, she's, she's carrying so much with her at all times that her way of like dealing with it is to have yeah. a complete mastery of her domain, and yeah. when someone violates that, she has a bad reaction to it. Yeah, no, um, that, that that can happen. I'm and, not. I'm, and and I, I think you guys are tripping. First of all, because David's like, like he's tensing up over there because he didn't likes like this movie. everything. So when he doesn't like something, it a, makes me That's always interesting. <laughs> that's horrific. But when he comes in loaded for bear, that is so I don't know rare about loaded on this show. For bear, it just. No, you were ready. You were primed and ready to a, go. Well, I've been I've been stewing over this. It's a really tough thing. I don't like saying negative things about Edgar Wright, Thomas and McKenzie, the, uh, any of this cast. Terrence Stamp. I yeah. loved seeing him show up. Uh, and, and there's a false flag there. He's yeah. supposed to be the grown-up character uh, yes, of the pimp, yes, but yes. it turns out that he's not. It was just not. it was a combination a of things are too going neat, on. and you got the and I don't buy into the character. I think if I could have just bought in to Thomas and McKenzie, he's Ellie. I think it would have solved yeah. all the problems. I was not able to take out, take off out of the train station with her. It felt forced the entire way after that, and that's what. And it's like she's so aligned with this character. Is it because her mother was there as well? No, that's not really that important. So aligned okay. with Sandy? Yeah, she's aligned with Sandy because Sandy is like this. Sandy's everything she wants. Beautiful, to be at the confident beginning. woman. But does she? She's not an extrovert who wants to be on stage. And what? Like, why is she well, paired with this ghostly well, apparition w- of '60s swinging London? I mean, why look, not the mousy on. fashion designer who's trying to get her? Start for world. for you to suggest in this moment I don't know, that someone hold on hold on let me finish for you to express in this moment suggest that someone who is incredibly introverted can't secretly wish that they weren't that way and that they were more outgoing and sultry and seductive and charismatic is crazy. Okay, that's a fine. crazy that's, thing to suggest because there are plenty of fine. introverted I'll take people. The universal truth. I, I think well, <laughs> well there are, there are plenty of introverted people that have like that are drained by being around people that sure. like are anxious around people that don't necessarily like that about themselves that that's wish still, that they were like, think, yeah, or have ha- that had dream. a ton of friends yeah, and are a sure. life of the party and that everybody wants to be around. Like that's a very real thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I, but I, I don't, but I don't it's not, think that, not that her would, characterization is like a mousy pine, shy girl. Not that she would like, pine, but why is she aligned that way? Something in the cosmic force. Like this is a supernatural story. Are you telling me that you can look at Anya Taylor-Joy 
this movie and not be story. taken by her immediately? Like, my God. No, I didn't say anything like well, that. Well, so, <laughs> so, so then why is Thomas and Mackenzie's character, Ellie, seeing her any well, different? Like, no, 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 no. My the, criticism was not why did she latch on to her, but why were they aligned? Why is it these two people? This is a weird How does that connect? This is a supernatural event. We're bringing these things together. Wait, why hold on. That's universe... perfectly explained in the film because one of the things about living in this apartment that the landlady, played by Diana Rigg, RIP, uh, Game of Thrones legend and a, a historic <laughs> actress Avengers in her legend, own yeah. right. Well, I mean, um, she was in the seminal 1960s television show. I mean, well, well, no, I know, but it's perfect. But, She's yeah. perfectly cast. Yeah, yeah. perfectly yeah. cast. And it's, you know, and she does the film is job. dedicated to sure. her because yeah, she, she does passed a fantastic recently. job. Um, but it's perfectly laid out by her character in like one line where she says that she needs two months rent in advance and two months deposit because people leave previous the tenants the have left I in know, the middle of the I night. Know, so I clearly, know. literally every other tenant she's had has so had this let exact me ask you this. same why, why would a sexual trauma survivor who knows that there is a situation going on in her upstairs rental people. keep bringing young women <laughs> into it to sexually traumatize them? Capitalism. It makes no goddamn sense. What do you mean? How else is she going to pay... <laughs> Well, that's why. For it's, everything. It, but that's why it's a horror. Movie. I, yeah, I don't know. For, okay, so for, and I mean, because so, she is a horror. I mean, at the end, she gets her comeuppance. I mean, it's she is the villain of the film, and every other villain has a false She's not. Though. She gets to live on with Ellie. And what do you mean she gets to live Ellie's, on with Ellie? She dies. She winks in the mirror. And the, no, 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 no. I'm talking about um, old, the older, the older version. Woman. Of yeah, but it's the same. person. It turns person. out that she's Sandy. she dies. But they're the same person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, what are we are we splitting hairs here? Sandy is the woman. That's no, Sandy, Sandy is the woman. But you think that the character Sandy she sees in the mirror has like is a fully autonomous like can do whatever they want. Like what the hell? What are we gonna call that? It's a ghost. It lives with her. I don't know. It's like Casper. What it's a it, ghost, what? but she's not. So dead. you're getting bogged down in the rules of this. No, you are. No, <laughs> you're I'm asking not. me. You're asking me to account for it. You're saying you have saying, problems with it. If you have problems yeah, with it, that means I am that there explaining. is a part of the rules that you, you have an issue with. I didn't say I had a problem with the rules. Well, when did I say I had a if, problem with the if rules? If you are, if you are saying. That oh, Sandy lives on. And so wait, I got to hear his point because he seems to be hung up on something that I didn't say. So no, I you did. Hear you it. said that Sandy lives on as the spiritual yeah, thing yeah, yeah. or whatever. Sure. And you didn't like that. And and then I said, wait, so you're saying that Sandy is like a spiritual autonomous like entity or whatever that can do its I don't own thing. Ca- I don't care to define what it is. That's I'm not saying like but, I don't want to go with the rule. I'm just saying but, but I'm, she lives on. But I'm saying by you saying that she lives on is you creating a rule for the film that she is this spiritual autonomous thing that lives on and that you have a problem with that. So you're getting bogged down in the rules of it rather than, <laughs> rather, rather than just no, saying no, the movie no, ended. No, 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 no. You're larger, imp- Imposing rules on my experience no, of impl- that ending. You implicitly You're stated imposing those rules. rules, my friend. I don't think it's debatable. I'm just that you saying. No, did what's that. not debatable is that you get that cheeky shot at the end where she winks at her in the mirror. That's just there. That's the reality. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, after the death. What do you mean? Her- who cares? Then don't put that in there. <laughs> it's a cute shot. <laughs> look, look. My thing about this. She can't movie- be a ghost because the woman that she's a ghost of is still alive. Oh, I don't. No, film. I thought about that too. I mean, so it's the, a supernatural. It's, well, it's a supernatural trauma. It's trauma has permeated. So the it's trauma a ghost. Metaphor. It's a trauma ghost. The metaphor. So. 
she metaphorically had this fantasy connection no, to saying, this person. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. Look, what you're what I you're doing know, right man. now is trying to define rules of the film. No, you're trying to. You're trying to say that what I, my interpretation was was incorrect because there are rules I'm not well, following. No, no, I'm saying that I'm saying that the representation of all the stuff in the film is uh, like a metaphor for a lot of different things. Sure, whatever. okay, but but, that, but then but, but by saying that you can't just take it as that and that it has to make sense and it has to all line up so that the like link at the end makes sense, sense. That <laughs> you're, so you're then saying that there has to be these rules so that no, everything lines no, no, up and the no, week at the end makes no. sense. That is what you're saying. No. I'm going to pull back the rabbit hole because we're that saying the same I thing said. over and over. Yes, but by that saying that, said. you were creating a rule. David, would you recommend the film at all? Well, hold on. We're not done yet. Oh, yeah, no, we're, we're done. saying the we're same done. things over Come on. And over no, you're, and over. you're getting into this weird semantic bullshit that I'm just not trying to impose rules on this thing at all. I am simply saying the director in his storytelling chose to give us this moment that shows, even if you don't like to believe it, that the audience should think that Ellie will go on having this relationship with whatever we want to think. If it's a manifestation, a figment, a ghost, a trauma, whatever, this relationship with the character who she's had a relationship with it within the film in several scenes. That's all I'm saying. That's way different than saying saying. Sandy lives though. Yeah, well, that because the character, the character she has that relationship with is Sandy. Oh, I think that's a stretch. I don't know. It's Sandy. Sandy lives on. I'm just enjoying the show. I'm not taking sides. I mean, I mean, yeah, okay. that's, that's crazy. Uh, I think that, I think that <laughs> it's crazy. We've set up that the character is somebody who has these ongoing relationships with people who have died. At least one. Yeah. So you At don't think one, that yeah. that's a pretty strong indication that Sandy's going to live on as I, this person's companion? I felt companion? that she was putting you, Sandy in the wallet with yes, her mother. Yes, yeah, she's going to be in the Rolodex. It's like Sandy. What's way Sandy. different than saying Sandy lives? Saying Sandy lives ascribes autonomy to Sandy. I don't care if Sandy lives. Well, I mean, there you're just splitting hairs on like, what is the reality of this manifestation of things? Like, is there a physical reality to it? Is it all in her mind? I think the film dispels that it's all in her mind at a certain point. But if you want to still live there, that's okay. I'm not saying that it's all in her mind. That there were murders, the facts that there was a police officer investigating those murders, the fact that Jack existed and Sandy clearly existed means that all of it wasn't in her mind. Right. But, But. the so when, she's I, when I lay down and have these, into no when I lay down and have these dreams she's not literally going back in time she's seeing she's 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 watching a movie right of what may or she's may like, but not that's not something that exists in her mind it's something that exists externally it's some kind of like other ethereal plane right that she travels to so she's a- able to tap like that, into yeah. something I think you like this movie more than you're saying but look did. my, my my larger point is trying to like fully define what it is. Is it a manifestation? Is it another plane of reality? Is it whatever? Like to get bogged down in that is like who gives a shit about that? Precisely. Precisely. Like the Absolutely. fact the fact is that we saw the events of the film unfold yeah. in an entertaining way that was believable enough. And why I just for something like this, I mean, this isn't a Christopher Nolan movie. We don't need 
it's not a scientifically no i don't need that yeah so i just so need, yeah, yeah, yeah. why get bogged yeah. down in no that? i'm hey i'm glad you liked it and i'm glad it seems like critics are liking audiences well, aren't like, finding it that oh, interesting that's it, actually if you look at rotten sad. tomatoes that's the exact opposite no i mean like numbers wise audiences aren't finding the trailer compelling enough to go see to the go movie. See it's, it. it's okay. underperforming okay the, that's critics super. are pretty positive though it's i think like it's, what was the big percent? release this week Nine, it's like a 70 no. no that was a few weeks ago uh, this, this film no, right now on rotten tomatoes is like a 76 percent critic score yeah. and like a 94 yeah, percent audience go. score i'm glad that people are finding the good in it and i think there's plenty of good to find i wish i could I have enjoyed think there's it really as much bad to find as i think that's i think that i yeah. think there's a lot of know. good but i don't think it meshes together in a satisfying total experience for me did you have fun while you were watching it uh no, my movie going partner had some pretty uh, intense reactions to some of the scenes in, okay. involving past sexual trauma. Okay. That, so no. That well no, it's um I well I mean everything yeah. I don't want to repeat myself too much. I enjoyed so many aspects of the movie and I can detach myself from that. Uh from I can detach myself from that, but it's um uh, again, I've said it all. I've said it all. Yeah. Now, 1664. So neither of y'all had fun watching this movie. I had fun. You, you at said many no moments. already. I had fun at many moments. You yeah, did I not had, have fun watching. I had you fun didn't find it entertaining. Moments. I think the first third. You were struggling like the, the whole the, time, probably. I was struggling because I did not get into her performance. It right. found it off-puttingly weird, and then it's kind of the point of it. Okay, I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't That's want weird. that in that character. I wanted that to be the character that I would latch onto, and I would want to follow through the film. So then, when we got to the her the first couple fantasy sequences that weren't supposed to be as traumatic, that were more like the fantasy. Yeah. Those I the, thought the were visual stunningness were of it beautiful, all. Yeah. and yeah. and there was even like a vibrancy, and I and I could get swept up in that. Other than that, no, I did not feel much joy watching the film. Well, I love some of the music though. That, that I didn't ask good. you if you felt joy. I asked you if you were entertained. You but fun. okay, that's fine. Whatever. We'll had on. fun. Had fun. That was right. You, had fun. Yeah. Entertained. Well, they're different. They're different. And I, but I wasn't either. So okay, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll whatever. Go on. <laughs> Don't be mad at me. For I'm not, not mad at you. This. I'm You're so mad. I'm, so no, mad. I'm, I'm certainly. I'm I did glad. not. I did not like this movie nearly enough to be mad at anybody about it. Like <laughs> I, I'm glad a that a there was a fight and b mad. I wasn't involved. Yeah. All right. So 1664, the uh, Cronenberg. It's a 5.0. It's a uh, golden pale lager. And it's, so, a, it's a beer, Joe. Someone's, Let's not. Someone said get earlier, about like it. I'm almost done with my. <laughs> it beer. is. It's a lager, though. We, we should. And this beer drinks fast yeah yeah oh yeah it's the original recipe from 1664 and i was looking at how it's, it's brewed in different parts of the world differently but basically the same recipe yeah it's good i like it the french uh don't make a lot of beer Mm-mm. or historically haven't but yeah. apparently when they choose to they make a good one um i they make found a good it, enough one that's for sure i found it really easy i imagine that there are about one in every six packs of this is light struck and fucked up. Oh, sure. It's, in it's green, green bottles. bottles. Yeah. Which no, is that's... stupid. But um, if you get a good one, hot diggity dog, it's yeah. a drinkable ass beer. Yeah. It's a lawn mowing beer. Oh, sure. Yeah. This is midsummer, he, big heat. Midsummer. Absolutely. <laughs> Not don't you say those words on this podcast Jeez. again. All right. So will there be a fight in the second half? I don't Almost know. Almost certainly. You yeah. think so? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. All right. When we, when we come back.
we're back. Here we oh, go. Man. Part two. Fre- of a fresh hot start. Episode. Fresh start. We're wiping episode. the slate clean. Uh, I'm afraid of uh, what's about to happen because Joe has a beer that he has shrouded in secrecy. And the last time that he did that, he poked a dagger right through my abdomen. Well, I can tell you that, um, like I was saying, right the before birthday we, bourbon. Right before we turned on the microphone, uh, this, the, I don't get your expectations too high. This is a readily available beer in our market, but you're going to. I said we could pair it with Last Night in Soho because Last Night in Soho, the 60s, is considered in many aspects, advertising, music, fashion, the golden era. Mm, yeah. Are you with yeah. me yet? We got a golden stout or we got what? got a golden stout, my friend. Oh. And a bomber, though. It's uh, the Real Ale 25th Anniversary Golden Stout. Oh. And the only reason why I picked it up, well, I like Real Ale. We've talked about sure, that on the show. Yeah. yeah. But... um. Our golden stout. We haven't had a golden stout in a really, really we long time. Not, so no. I don't know much about the beer as far as if it's getting good reviews or if people are loving it, but it's uh what's the ABV? Six point five. All right. Eh. Proud proudly brewed and bottled in Blanco, Texas. Right. That it is. That Blanco, it is. Now there is absolutely no I mean, we're gonna have to get creative to pair it with our second film tonight, a film which um I know David well, it's Nice. It's gold like the hay that the lambs eat. There you go. Yeah, a there golden you go. hay. Very there's well the, done. There's the, the golden tie straw. The... So guess what? The movie we're talking about is Lamb. I don't have any of the info pulled up, and I know I don't know any of the people's names on the top of my head. That's, so yeah, I'll, I will pass it off to David, <laughs> who I know has that info available because he right is now, uh, yeah. not not a huge cast here, right? This is a small film. This is a film yeah. uh, out of Iceland. Uh, which uh, have we done Icelandic film other than uh, Eurovision? I mean, it was set in Iceland. Stop it! Yeah, I'm just telling you that's w- the only contact we've had. It's, it's a, a shame. Movie. It was a garbage movie. Uh, so <laughs> we have this. It's directed by Valdemar Johansson, and it was written by him and uh, co-writer Sion. What goes by a single name? I guess it's like Love the it. Madonna of yeah. Icelandic uh, screenwriting, which I'm all the for. Beyonce. Yeah, right. Let's hope. Uh, Numi Rapace, who Love. some might recommi- recognize Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus. There you go. And she's been, so she's done some European, but also some crossover yeah, American. She's great in Prometheus yeah. um, as Maria, and then Hilmir Goannesson <laughs> as Ingvar, uh, and his brother. Uh, Peter, the character, is played by Bjorn Haraldsson. I don't even know why I'm going through so many, but there's really only that many characters. Yeah. So, you know, I might as Sparse. well give credit to these. There, You know, it's set out in uh, country, right? The, rural, the Icelandic, Iceland. rural uh, countryside. The most beautiful farm that you've ever seen on film? But with mostly the most drab sky behind it that you can possibly sure, muster, mountains right? and rivers and yes. you know lush fields and you know right. the, 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 cinematically they present it as being a very beautiful part of the world, but very isolated. Yeah, mm-hmm. very isolated. And so the couple running the farm, um, you know, are out doing their work and a Maria, a very traditional Icelandic name. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't look into how traditional, but uh, it's not, I, yeah, <laughs> but hey, come on, they watch TV, they know, right? Sure. Um, they're they're not totally disconnected. They really love that Carlos Santana song. That yeah. was what she was named. After. <laughs> I read in the, that could be that you know, could be um, that might explain the video later. Well, <laughs> so uh, the isolated couple 
uh, a lamb or is, uh, a you gives yeah. birth. Day to day farming. I mean, that's what we see for yeah. the first few minutes. Is just their tasks. Right, right. A you gives birth. They're they're birthing it, and they notice something's a little different about this one. We don't see what it is. We don't. We, we see but, their but they we saw the fucking do. trailer though. True. Well, that's true. That's true. You've see, if you've seen the trailer, you know where this is probably going to lead, um, because well, shortly thereafter. We come to realize that this is a hybrid half-human, half-sheep that has been birthed right. by, by the U, and that they decide to take into their home and treat essentially as a human child. Right. And, and pull a crib out of the barn, which gives you some kind of... Right. And, and we come to learn that they had lost a child. Well, they were preparing for a child that she gave, uh, you know, stillbirth to the child, mm-hmm. and... They're obviously still dealing with that trauma. And so it's them. They're unhappy. Right. Th- them kind of seizing this moment to become happy and, and, and to do this thing. And, and that goes along pretty well until his brother shows up and his brother kind, kind of, of. Rocks begins to rock the boat. Right. An outside force to right. give uh, a new set of eyes to what they've decided that this is going to become their natural way of life. Right. The brother says, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And he, <laughs> he says, says, happiness. Happiness. Yes. And and when you say half lamb, half human, mm-hmm. you you Pretty couldn't have exactly, you couldn't yeah. have said it better. It's human from the neck down, human hands, human feet. One up, arm, one arm. Oh, is, you're right. You're right. One yeah, arm, you're right. Lamb. One walk, arm, neck, and head walks yeah, upright. Lamb. But the but the head is 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 all lamb. Yeah. Yep. But it's dressed in clothes. It's kind of interesting to see. Yes. It, it yeah, it has a cuteness to it. I mean, if it wasn't a you know a R-rated semi horror film, then you could see them marketing dolls for children based on yeah, and it would have like character. a Barb a Ken doll, Barbie doll bottom, yeah. and a like fluffy head. Right, I right, would buy right. that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I would think about it. Um, I would not. <laughs> so it's it's a very spare film uh you know it, it like i said they're isolated it's very quiet a lot of the time it's very uh slowly paced and kind of lets you just live with these characters and what they're there's doing. zero exposition zero yeah it's all yeah. seen uh the, the the mother of the of the baby lamb child uh, begins bleating out of the window, right? Calling, we assume, for its child. Yeah. And she finally just says, fuck this. She doesn't say that. She finally goes out with a gun and shoots the thing while the husband's not around. He does, she doesn't reveal that behavior right. and then drags that lamb the, off into the right. wild. It, yeah. So, the, yeah, yeah, buries it so that the, her. That that won't be known, and why? Because they are among other types of agricultural farmers, lamb farmers. Right. They're, they're they're raising they bunch, these sheep yeah. for meat and sale, and you don't off your assets like that, you know. Uh-huh. And all kinds of barn sequences where you see, like I said, the tedium of this farming lifestyle. Uh, you see close-ups, real brief, of of birthing lambs and mating yeah. sheep and. Then you see disconcerted lambs, you know, uh, trying to. There's some. There's other. Some other force that's going on. The very opening shot is a pack of, I guess, wild horses that see. Yeah, are they their stock? See something off-putting. We don't see what it is, and run. It's kind of a POV camera shot that we're getting, right? Where we run away. Yeah. Um, uh, Shots of the the different implements of the tools scraping the land and planting seeds 
Uh, the brother's an interesting character. He used to have some kind of musical career. <laughs> uh, he's a he's he he represents everything that's urban, I guess, uh, to their rural you yeah. know lifestyle. I fucking loved this movie. And there's a twist. There's a twist and an ending. But I fucking <laughs> loved this movie. I loved everything about this movie. I loved the sparse dialogue. There's very little dialogue until the brother shows up. I loved the cinematography, the shots, the farming aspect of it. Subjectively, I find that very interesting. The animal husbandry portion of it is just interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, a fractured couple using a supernatural event to try to try to do something yeah that's interrupted by an outside force and then you know really wasn't sure where you were gonna land on that very interesting yeah i loved this movie i'm, I'm surprised I didn't, think, I didn't think about the farming thing though that makes sense yeah i mean if yeah, you, you like high fidelity a little bit more than me because it's record store shit yeah yeah but but even high fidelity i do actually i want to see the equivalent of this kind of record store film with this kind of patience and and attention to detail like somebody just restocking shelves and alphabetizing, alphabetizing yeah. moving things around. That, well, I mean, if you that make, would be very, very easily. If you make, make it beautiful, well, there you go. You if should. you make it beautiful and you edit yeah. it correctly, it would be very compelling. Well, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I think a story could be told. I laid all my cards on the table, and there is a final twist that I know we'll talk about. Yeah. Do you guys want me to say something? Sure. This movie sucks. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you about it. This movie is because I, I know this I is not this is not a film for everybody, and I, I knew that watching. I completely understand it. your reaction. I'm like this is not going to go over well with everybody. It's uh, anti-cerebral people, folks that don't really like movies and cinematography. No, no, no. I mean, they're I, just I've not going to like a movie I've like seen this. Really, come on, motherfucker, let's go. No, it's didn't take my bit. It's painful. It's pretentious. It. You saw it in the theater. You saw it at home, right? I saw it at home. At the A24 uh, the, special night screening. Yeah. The cinematography, I really can't even give it that much credit for because it's using cheat codes, a.k.a. rural Iceland. Like, yeah, I could take my fucking iPhone out there and give uh-huh. you beautiful footage. Like, look at your sur- surroundings, you know? It's like pointing a camera at fucking Anya Taylor-Joy and it being like, oh, what a beautiful <laughs> shot this is. It's like, yeah, you're pointing your camera at fucking Anya Taylor-Joy. Wow. <laughs> like, you know? Uh, and so I could give a shit about that and then, I mean, I mean, I liked looking at it for like, I'll say 45 minutes of this movie. Maybe even a full hour I was mm-hmm. like on board with it. And then after a while I was just like, you guys gonna do fucking anything? <laughs> like anything? And then when the twist came, fuck you. Fuck you for I this get twist. I get it. It I, is really? such horseshit. And well, g- g- give it to us. What happens? There's a Ram Man hybrid thing running. <laughs> what the? Why fuck? is that more absurd than the <laughs> Lamb Child? Because hybrid. it's not interesting. Oh, it's it's like I think it's saying a lot about think, like think, how nature wins. I think that it's saying a lot about how 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 what is unseen is there and out there. I think the effects of it are really interesting. I you fall yeah. in love. Let me. The Ram Man hybrid thing doesn't look good either. You didn't think so? No. Fine. I wonder if that's a theatrical to TV conversion or it's if I'm just giving it. Extra I didn't. Points. I didn't mind it. I thought it looked fine. Yeah, I, it's, and it's on screen for 20 seconds, Matt. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just there. there. For very long, but, but what happens is. Um, the husband and the okay, so the brother goes out to do some fishing, takes the tractor, the tractor gets stalled. The the husband goes back out with the baby or the is it a the help? lamb child yeah. with the yeah. with the lamb child to fix the tractor to fix the tractor while and the then all wife of a sudden goes on to yeah, he's shot in the face yeah by the ram man hybrid and then it cuts to what shot him and it's a ram 
man yeah. who has taken a human implement to use it against the human to retrieve yeah. his child. In after, the same way that Maria shot the, the mom. Yeah. After the okay. mother has, uh, really the mother of the obvious, child, the okay. lamb has been killed and murdered. It's, rep- <laughs> it's retribution. It's uh, it's balance of nature in this world. Oh, I loved it. Mm. Watch it again. You'll fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> I This movie could have been 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, the amount you, of right. bullshit in this and but I don't think it's I don't think I the filler is bullshit. I don't, bull- oh, I don't I think guess. the filler is bullshit, man. No, <laughs> I, I don't think it's bullshit. I think it's it's you could make a 20 minute story of this. The filmmaker is almost sitting there in his fucking chair, armchair going, "I dare you to like this movie." I, I, I dare you to understand jo- Johansson's on oh, my radar now, and I can't wait to see what he does next. No, no, no. But it's, it's so a, pretentious. But it's a simple movie. Like David, you break just the said it was so simple. It is. It's, yeah, it's so why simple. is it an hour and 45 minutes long? Well, I mean, sometimes it is good to sit with a mood. It's good to use the landscape as part of the story. It's good sure. to use... The, I, like but I more said than earlier, two things I have to happen be, in it. Maybe not. I don't know. The, I think there's enough. To it's like what is it film. like those fucking documentaries, the art films about trains, the ones from uh, you know the yeah. uh, guy who's in my capstone class. The, it's not as extreme as that. Oh, it's pretty oh, close. No, but, the, but <laughs> I, I kind of I might rather watch trains just drive for an hour. And Scandinavian filmmaking tends to be very restrained, right? I mean, like they tend to be people who keep their. To me, this film. W- Certainly is about loss and about the attempt to regain something that one has lost. It's about the kind of connection with nature and the land and how far that goes and how much man can have control over that. But it also, on some level, seems to me to be about the inability to express emotion that these people have, they are not able to mm-hmm. actually have frank conversation with one another. Or, or and, if they are, we don't see them. And they use this coping mechanism yeah. instead of actually dealing with the problems that they have. I mean, you, 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 it's hinted at with the couple, but then once the brother comes, it becomes very obvious. There is this long-running relationship issue that's been going on where the wife is... Be- whether or not they've actually had a relationship, the the brother has clearly been making passes at the wife for many years, and it seems like they probably. I got had the impression that there was a one night some stand sort of or relationship, yeah. but that's never fully defined. But he he kind of like rocks it, and he wants to talk about things, and and they're just not open. I don't know. It, so you can only get that across if you show people quietly not saying anything together and doing their daily chores and having that. That's the only way you create that kind of character dynamic is by showing them that way. So to me, it's absolutely essential for that couple and the way that they work together to happen in the film. But I get it. It's not necessarily the most pleasant. I can go into like almost a meditative state with certain movies like this yeah. where it's like yeah. I can yeah. just almost bask. So Green Knight felt sleep. that way. <laughs> no. Green Knight felt that way at times for me. There are films that have that more yeah. lyrical quality where it's just... I see Green Knight, I and, was green. And, and, I can, and I can sit there and I can just almost... It's like ambient music. It's like I can just enjoy what's going on and the look of it and the feel and maybe there's like a slight hum on the soundtrack and soundtrack and it all comes together and this film had moments like that but i think i can definitely and i felt it as i was watching it i'm like this is going to be one where 
I think more than half the people who see it are going to be upset that they saw it. I, I blame that on the foreignness of it. I mean, like you said, oh, of course not. No. But I'm talking about the typical American audience. I was, when I bought my tickets online an hour before the afternoon show, I was the only person in the theater. But then another couple came, and on the way out, I was like, what'd you think? And the guy goes, I don't know, man, that was weird. And that was the conversation. <laughs> I wish it was weird, though. Like, well, I, I think, wish I think, it was But something. I think what he means by weird, what I took by weird, is this is unlike any movie that I probably would have seen if I had gone to any other theater in that it wasn't a very American bang, 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 one, two, three. It's yeah, very sure, contemplative. It's, slower, it's very meditative. Yeah. It's very slow. It's very purposeful. And you're going to connect with that or you aren't, and I do not begrudge anyone that doesn't. So when I went to the internet and saw that it's very divided, totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Totally makes sense yeah. to me. It's not going to be for everybody. It was for me. Yeah, it was a waste of my time, honestly. Like <laughs> 20 I, bucks, too. 20 bucks. Oh, sorry, um, man. But you saw the theater, David. It's right? such yeah, a yeah. good premise. It's such a good premise that they do little really? to nothing you think with. It's a, you think it's a good premise, but not executed well. well. I think the idea that some fucking weird lamb person baby comes out of nowhere like you could take honestly that in I mean, that's a tough sell to me like if, if a student came to me and was like hey i have a great idea for a film and they said it's gonna be farmers but they have a lamb baby wait and they're gonna want it to be their baby see <laughs> that is like inc- how much james brown is on the soundtrack because if i feel good's on the trailer we're making box office we're baby. making box office bucks <laughs> we're putting fans in the stands i i mean because that premise on its own is weird enough to me that I'm like, yeah, would love to see where this is going to go. Which is how I felt. You wanted it to go like I wanted more it to go intense. weirder. That's so, yes. So I, I wanted it, it to feels- be more intense. I wanted it to be weirder. And the part, the problem that I had with the twist is it's just like, oh, so something that looks exactly like the weird thing that they have found just like fucked the sheep. And created another one of it. Well, and so that's the explanation for the, it. Like that's it. Coming like, back to though that opening shot, it's I, obvious, right? I had thought that was what was going on. So oh, when I, I saw, I did it, not know what was when going I saw on. it. It was like confirmation. I was like, oh, okay. oh, cool. That that paid off. Yeah, that's how I, I felt. Yeah. Oh, that paid off. Yeah. See, for me, I was yeah. like, I was like, ooh, I wonder where they're gonna take this. Like, I wonder what's gonna happen. I mean, you know, like I've seen a. Not a ton, but a fair amount of foreign films. And sometimes the fucking third act gets weird and crazy sure, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm fucking here for that, you know? Uh, but yeah, I just felt like it was just like, oh, yeah, there's another one of these things out there. That's the twist. Okay, fuck you. Uh, huh. You made me sit through an hour and 45 minutes of meditation to get to that. Like, what? What? Yeah. No hard feelings. And I just, I, I also too just wish that like, I, I don't even know what I, what I wish. I just wish that the characters <laughs> were more interesting. I mean, you can certainly bring as much of your own stuff as you want to with them because the, the characters are more or less blank canvases. I mean, there are some things going on with them, but yeah. none of them are like really... Pre- and I love Numi. What's her... I don't know. Pace. Yeah, I loved... I, I, I remember when I saw Prometheus, I was like, who is this woman playing Elizabeth Shaw? Yeah. She yeah. is so good in this movie. And, you know... She has a striking face. She is... 
has an undeniable on-screen presence. The clo- the- but it can only take oh. you so far. Although I did, I, I can't believe I didn't bring this up already. The one thing I found distracting, <laughs> Hilmir uh, Guanesson looked just like John Ritter to me. Like I kept getting this. Uh, uh, Ingvar, oh, the, the lead, is that his name? Yeah. Ingvar? Or did I uh, that yeah, Ingvar. Yeah, he, yeah. Looked, he thought he looked like John Ritter. He looked like John Ritter. That's Young funny. John Ritter, but not he, he, Three's but, Company John Ritter. Yeah, Three's Company era. Got Maybe it, a little, yeah. now. There, yeah, this now. movie had opened and like they're doing their daily chores, and then the lamb gives birth to the weird baby lamb uh-huh. hybrid thing, and then they took it into the house, and all of a sudden, coming out, <laughs> started playing and the Three's Company theme. Oh like, god! If Don Knotts popped in and was like, <laughs> "Oh, I would have been on board." <laughs> well. The, Three's company back. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I just is, had to bring that up. I, yeah. I constantly throughout the film. I it knew. I knew that yeah, there would I, be I, division I, in this room tonight over Lamb. Uh, I didn't know how it would fall. I was. I, I actually predicted to some extent. I thought both of you were going to not like it. Actually. Oh yeah. I, that which is why I didn't push for it. Well, but on how? The, on the did show. you? How strong are you on it? I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty strong. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I think it was great. I I would absolutely if you like slow-paced European art cinema... There you go. ...and can go with that, I think... Try it out, folks. If that stuff pisses you off right out the gate, don't even bother. And if it's stuff that it needs to cohere in a certain way for you to like it, then maybe not try Because it's going to ask you to throw a little (laughs) of that out the window. (laughs) Says the guy who just went off about last night in Soho not cohering? No, but this... This wasn't a problem of trying to put too many things together. It was, over. it was it was a problem of trying to I don't know. It, it was a pro- I think the the problem that you had was that it wasn't a rich enough tapestry of things. My problem to, was that nothing to, happened. Yeah. yeah, that it was too. And I have no problem with that. So I guess cohere isn't the right thing. It's okay. it's more like is it going to turn into a story that grabs you and, and pulls you in or yeah. is it going to more just kind of sit with you and, and unsettle you? I, th- I definitely thought that the way that this lamb baby thing came into existence would be way more interesting than it was. Oh. And I and that's the thing, is I'm down to sit through an hour and 40 minutes well, of where I think, almost nothing and I know other if there's pe- a big twist that pays off. Yeah. Yeah. For and me, I know other was, people have said it, it goes into like a fairy tale territory. I think ultimately like... It, it's based on, I think, and I, based on... Okay. But, I but didn't know if it from an Icelandic was, but I know other people folklore. have brought up that yeah. it that there are folkloric stories of this sort. Right. I see. We, I saw the baby, the lamb child thing, mm-hmm. as being allegorical for the sake of the repair or the sake of the should we repair the relationship. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't really happening. But then the brother comes in and throws yes. that out the window. Right. 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 So it is really happening. Or maybe they're on a magic farm, right? It's <laughs> something. So I, the, the, at the end, when we see that it's, it, oh, no, no, it's just really happening, I, I was, it wasn't like jaw-droppingly shocked. I was like, oh, wow, like they went there. Yeah. But they had to go somewhere because I knew the running time of the film going in and I knew we were getting close and how was this yeah. going to end? Anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, and, you know, I look, I, I, was, I was talking to a friend about this earlier in the shop uh, and he asked me if I had, not having any idea we were doing it on the podcast, asked me if I'd seen this movie. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes. And we were talking about it. And just can't, I just can't 
Rick, had I he just, seen it? The guy you were talking to? No, 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 no. He hadn't. I thought he had, and I was like, but he was I, curious. I just can't recommend this. Yeah, I and I would only do it with with great, uh, you know, uh, disclaimers. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, but but when we were talking about it, this was I kind of lost my point in the middle of that, and I came back to it now. Uh, you know, I told you know I was talking to him about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, it was fucking dumb, like it was boring, whatever. Um, I I didn't like it. If you haven't seen it, I don't think that I honestly don't think you'll like it. You could skip it, whatever. And I, but while I was, you know, I was like, I watched it at home because he was complaining about it not being in theaters anymore. He's like, oh, it's, it went so fast. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, I do wish that I had seen it in a theater. I, this is a movie that you should only watch in a theater. I think at least for the think first it time, been, it would have been for harder for me to, I, I agree. I mean, th- these films are much easier for me to get into when I see them it's on a big screen. For, yeah, for, when, for, when you're for, distraction free for yeah. a movie like this, that is a 95% atmosphere and tone and yeah. mood. It is near impossible to, to completely lock in into the world yeah. if you're watching it at home. And that was that very was the fair. experience That's that very I had. Fair. I mean, I think that That if was I my was... worry with Dune and I know we might do that later. So I'll I'll oh, just I've got set a Dune story on yeah. this topic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so so we'll see we'll see about Dune. Uh, so when I next s- week to beer in a movie. <laughs> so when I ripped the blanket the the towel off of the beer to expose the golden stout if you're a relatively new listener you may not understand exactly why that has a little bit of gravitas here we have been on a golden stout kind of journey throughout the entire podcast because we got one i think the first one was from uh superior Bathhouse. yeah superior, superior in Bathhouse, uh, arkansas arkansas uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And the, the, and let me read you the last sentence of uh, off a of Real Ale's website about this one. In the end, you're left with a truly trippy beer that has the appearance of a perfect summer sipper, because it is golden. Yeah. yeah. And the complexity of a dark velvety stout. And we've gotten hung up, but sometimes there has been success in translating that. When you say stout, and David, you always make this point, a stout is a dark beer. It's got this malt bill. So the eyes and the mouth are already at a war when you say stout, because this isn't a stout. No, this is a golden stout. And without that malt bill, we're going to try to duplicate that with other adjuncts or brewing techniques. Yeah. Were you going to say something? No, I'm just, you're you're explaining it perfectly. And so that's why it is fun to go back and try another one. Now, I'll I'll throw out, shout out Three Nations, right? I think are our all-time fave. Maybe Brunch Money. Brunch Money and Three Nations, Marzipan, Golden Stout. Those are the the two. Those are top tier. We've had some great Golden Stout interpretations. Yeah. For me, this one is a very lackluster uh golden stout variation because to me this doesn't have enough stout it's drinking it i kind of forgot that it was a golden stout right at least initially and to me it came across as kind of just like a slightly sweeter amber ale kind of thing well when you forgot it was the stout and you were just sipping on it were you enjoying yourself yeah no it's a fine drinkable weird thing about these because the second (laughs) tier down is fuck this golden stout bullshit this is a nice tasting beer yeah it tastes fine why do we have to fuck around with marketing and golden stouts and da 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 forget that and that's where this one falls it's not up on that top tier yeah Yeah, it's not up on the top tier it's great go buy it it's not expensive yeah, agreed. I mean, it's not up there with like the Golden Stout achieving all of the lofty ambitions that calling something a Golden Stout 
comes with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really good. Yeah, yeah. it tastes great. Yeah, I great. think. I mean, it's like a um, ten dollar, nine dollar bomber at, at it, our local grocery chain. Go grab one. It ha- I mean, it has like it has some of the kind of roastier qualities. Mm-hmm. A little of bit. a stout to it to to like a lighter kind of. Uh, what do they call them? Like summer stouts or something like those ones that are. Um, where they anyway. try to play down the yeah, the where it's like in the five point five percent range, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and not quite as thick as maybe like a normal sure. sour would be. It kind of is in that territory, um, but yeah, I would have not been upset with a little more body, a little higher ABV, that kind of thing. But I think overall, a very drinkable beer, and I'm certainly not mad at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you all know. The most wonderful thing about this podcast is that the conversation doesn't end when the show ends. Oh, I it think continues. we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it continues on all of your favorite social media channels. So however you felt about any of these movies, how much you agreed with me, how much you disagreed with David, uh, you can tell us <laughs> on social media. It's the only options you uh, have. For. The conversation continues. You can find us on all of your favorite social media channels. That's where that stuff happens. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer in a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer in a Movie, TX, Beer in a Movie Podcast.com is our home base where you can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely for free. But we also have this amazing beer map where you can see all of the different beers that we've had over the course of this show, uh, where they're located, what the brewery is, what state, what country they're in, because we have had quite a lot of beer on this show from a ton of different places and that is a very interesting and interactive map to look at if you're listening to this on apple Podcasts, please rate review and subscribe we know you're going to give us that five-star review but please leave a written review tell us what you like what you don't like what you want to see more of in the future that helps us out a great deal make the algorithm do what it do uh suggest us to more you know it helps the algorithm show our podcast to more people which is ultimately what we want i think uh and patreon.com slash beer and movie podcast is where you can support us financially. Uh, $5 a month gets you a bonus episode every single week where, yes, we talk about beer. Yes, we talk about movies. We talk about a great many other things. We talk about the TV shows we're watching, the records that we're listening to, uh, all of the dramas uh, sometimes of our personal lives. Uh, And, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes you get to help us program episodes and things like that, so there's definitely a lot to do over there. Uh, It's a lot of fun great people already in the patreon so join them and be a great person as well this has been another tantalizing episode of beer in a movie until next time this is the closest most people ever get to their dreams (laughs) 